about seeing every story up there on that choir scene. And I praise God for y'all. Y'all did a beautiful job. Amen. Whatever you decide to do in this house today, Lord, have your way. That is my prayer. My brothers and my sisters, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's turn our attention to the book of Psalms, where the Lord has a word for us. Chapter 51. Psalm chapter 51. Beginning with verses 1 and 2, and then skipping down to 10 and 11. Psalm 51 can be found in your pew Bible on page 395. We'll get you there. 395 will get you to Psalm 51, verses 1 through 2, then 10 and 11. And I do have really another scripture. I don't necessarily think it's a bonus scripture. It is, it is fitting to add the scripture. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17. And I could get there for you. Let's see. That's on page 804. No, 805. In your pew Bible. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 14 through 17. Let's let the scripture preach to us this morning, and then um, we can have a few amens, a few ouches. You thank you, Lord, so we can be out of here. We got one already. <laughs> got two more to go. <laughs> All right. So Psalm chapter uh, 51, beginning with verse 1, reads thus wise. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. And then you can turn to the book of Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and begin with verse 14 and it reads Okay, Siri. And it reads like a man who Keeps forgetting his glasses. Mm. <laughs> okay, here we go. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. 
and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. This is your shout. Therefore, if anyone in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. King James says, are a new creature. The old has gone. The new is here. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. Please be seated in the house of the Lord. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, O Heavenly Father, we pray that you come. That you meet us in this hour, O Heavenly Father, because there is nothing in us that can operate, function, move, have our being apart from your spirit. Fill us with your spirit, dear God. We can't even comprehend what it is that you're about to say if you don't show up in this place. I decrease that you might have increase in me. I sit down that you might stand up. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and redeemer, we lead our ear to heaven because we want to hear from what you, the Lord of hosts, has to say. Bless us with your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, renew me. Lord, renew me. The sermon is really just simple request and a prayer. Lord, renew me. I mean, King David, we all know and we love King David. King David has testimony after testimony of how God came in his life. I mean, anybody ever been picked last? You need to know that King David was picked last. He was the most unlikely person to be the king of Israel. But it was through God's intervening in his life that God took David from that of a little shepherd boy to that of the king of Israel. But how many of us do, how many of us know that once God has blessed you and once God has turned your life around and once God has shown God's hand in your life, how many of us know we can still fall short? We can still miss the mark. Help us only those. And that's the, that's the thing that's confusing about the world. How can we continually have this sort of teeter-totty, this mixer uh, relationship where we fall into sin and then God restores us again and then we fall into sin and God restores us again. And I just want to say to you, for those of you who don't understand that, thanks be to God that when you fall, yes. you can get back up. I just want to say that to you today, just before we get started here, we're going to take our time here. King David, you know, there's something that happens to us when we have, when we get the ability or the power to move further into sin. Now, let me slow that down a little bit for you. 
See, there were some times when you petitioned the Lord and you went to the Lord and you needed the Lord and you were in, in despair. You were desperate and everything the Lord had and gave you, you were thankful. <laughs> but then you start having a little uh, power yourself. In other words, you know, you used to depend on God to fill your pockets, but now you start filling them yourself. That'll be Holy Ghost. And so when we fill our own pockets, in other words, when we get our own resources, we start getting our own money, we start making our own decisions, and we don't talk to God as much as we used to. Y'all not going to talk back to me. Because you got your own money, you got your own stuff, you got your own power, you got your own authority, you don't have to stop by and check to see. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Whether you are in order or out of order, your pocketbook can pay your way in <laughs> and pay your way out. So some of us are wondering, Lord, why haven't you blessed me? Because perhaps if God were to bless you, then it would just give you the ability to perpetuate the sin that you're not done with yet. And I had to realize that about God. You know, there's some things in my life. There's some there's some there's some indiscretions in my life that were not I were not I was not done with yet. And if God were to promote me and empower me, the only thing it would do was it would position me to do more of the stuff that I needed to stop doing. Y'all not gonna talk back to me. King David was empowered. When he said, come, people came. When he said, go, people went. Can y'all help me, Holy Ghost? <laughs> can Holy Ghost, can you help me? Thank you. <laughs> and so what happens sometimes is when you become empowered, it does not actually, uh, it doesn't, it just, it doesn't make you stop doing what you're doing. It makes you do more of what you've been doing. I'm working with this text. King David loved or coveted the wife of his friend, his military general, Uriah. He desired the man's wife. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? And because of who he was and what he had access to, it only gave him the ability to actually obtain that in which he desired. I mean, we're not talking about no common Joe here. We're talking about King David. King David was looking at another man's wife and had the power and nobility to orchestrate things in such a way that would give him opportunity to actually take her. He began to plot and he began to plan. He began to basically scheme on how he could have that Sheba. And that's just another adage to say to us, sometimes when we get in a particular position in our lives where there is a will, there is a way. And sometimes God has to put us in a position to where there is no way. Because it's our will. Oh, I'm trying, I wish I could preach this. 
God has to do something with us because where there is a will, there is a way. And y'all not going to talk back to me. I see what's going on right now. Y'all covering up y'all feet. Y'all want to hide from me right now. But how many of us have got ourselves in trouble knowing we shouldn't have done what we did because we desired something that was not for us that we should not have had, but we had a will and made a... Ooh, it just got good up in here. Now, I'm going to just stick a pen in here, and this ain't, this, ain't, this ain't a part of my notes, but I'm going to stick it just as this is a shameless plug about the church. Because it kills me how folks just lose their way around the church. But on their job, they are big shot. On their job, they can make everything happen. They know who to call, who to talk to. They can do anything they want to do. But when they get around the church, they don't know where nothing is. They don't know how to do nothing. And all I want to tell you is, is where there's a will, there's a way. If you want to get in the service of the Lord, you got to will it. Because we can make all other things happen. Come on, somebody. I said anything to you today. He devised a plan to ensure Uriah was killed at battle so that he can have this man's wife. The Bible says Uriah was his friend, his general, someone who he confided in, someone who he had great confidence in, and he killed this, he orchestrated a plan to kill, have this man killed, in order to take this man's wife. Be careful not to let your will or your desire cause you to have tunnel vision. Let me say that again. Be careful not to allow your will or your desire to cause you to have tunnel vision. Because what happens when you have tunnel vision is you only see what you want. But you don't, you're not looking through your peripheral. In other words, tunnel vision means you're only focused on what you want, but you're not concerned about all the damage and carnage that you're going to cause along the way. I don't think my microphone is on. And you only sober. Watch this. You only sober after you get what you want. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You only wake up to yourself after, because up until that point, you don't care what it takes, you don't care who you gotta hurt, you don't care how much money you gotta spend, you don't care what you gotta walk to, you don't care what you gotta walk through, you get what you want, and then you wake up. Is there a witness here? Y'all not gonna talk back to me. I mean, I mean, come on, somebody. I mean, I marry a lot of people, and I'm kind of wondering sometimes. I mean, all they see is the wedding, and all they see is the reception, but I just want you to know, life happens after the wedding. Is there a witness here? Come on, somebody. Life happens after the honeymoon. Somebody. And when you just want what you want, that's all you can see. But when you sober up, you start to wake up. To all the stuff that you did. You wake up to the stuff you don't see right. after you've gone through tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah. The prophet Nathan 
shows up and helps David sober himself by placing a mirror in front of him by using a parable about a rich man in the lamb and a poor man in the lamb. And in the parable, it talks about how this poor man only had this lamb. And this lamb was his only comfort and his only company. And a rich man comes along who had plenty of, cho of choices and options and uses the poor man's lamb to throw a party. David looks and says, how could this man be so despicable and so selfish? And how can this man do this to this poor man, unassuming man? You know what? This rich man is worthy of death. And it's the prophet Nathan that says, you are the man. See, when you have tunnel vision and you want what you want, you don't see yourself. Huh? And we got to really get this sound system on the <laughs> You are the man that you say is worthy of death. We can't see the error of our ways when we are full of selfishness. Go ahead. Come on, somebody. When we're fully consumed of what we see, how we see, what we think, how we think things ought to go, there's no room for nobody else to give you a chime in on the way you see stuff because you got tunnel vision, you want what you want, you're not going to stop until you get it, and you don't see yourself until after the damage is done. Is there a witness here? God speaks through Nathan. And watch when God speaks. Watch this. He's talking to us and talking to David. Are y'all all right? God says through Nathan, I anointed you king of Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house. Yeah. And not only that, if I just want to double down, I gave you your master's house and their wives. I gave you all of Israel and all of Judah. And I would have given you more. And you despise the word of the Lord. So that is a message to say to yeah. you. Look how far I brought you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you wasn't the first choice of anything. Mm -hmm. And I brought you down from a low position. Yeah. And you and I both know you wasn't qualified. Yeah. But I promoted you anyway. Yeah. And I brought you from where you came from to where you are now. And I removed all the obstacles out of the way. Consumed with your will instead of my will. Help me, Holy Ghost. Does anybody ask yourself the question? How did we get here? What did we do wrong? How did we 
go from where we were to how we are or to where we are now? In other words, where was the breach? Where did we sever the relationship we had with the Lord? Am I doing any work here today? Where, where was the split between me and God? Where was the split between us and God? Well, my brothers and sisters, what we're really talking about here in this particular text, we, we painted a grim story. You can fill in the blanks. David had his own indiscretions. Antoine has his own indiscretions. You have your own indiscretions. In other words, if you're in a place, and it doesn't really matter where that place is, big or small, where you feel that disconnection, then I'm here to tell you that there's good news. No matter how far you've fallen, no matter how, how, how bad it looks, no matter how, how, how bad it seems, no matter how, how broken you are, I'm here to tell you there is good news. Good news in the text, if you would just read on to 2 Corinthians right below the text that I read, you would read about the ministry of reconciliation. To reconcile means to make compatible. It is to create harmony. Reconciliation is to rejoin together. It is to mend what is broken. How do you move toward reconciliation? And David is here to give us a. He's here to give us a. a, a he's putting on a clinic. He's here to put on a demonstration on when you have broken your your relationship with God, when you have disappointed yourself, when you have disappointed your fellow brother and sister, when you have fallen from grace, when you are just low to the ground, when you had not seen yourself, but now are waking up to yourself and realizing that you're far removed from the will of God. David is showing you. Let me show you. <laughs> How I move back into right relationship with God is through this thing called reconciliation. How do we move toward reconciliation? Second Samuel verse 13, David says, I have sinned against the Lord. Now listen to what they're saying. Don't move too fast because here's what happens. We kind of move too fast right along here. David says in 2 Samuel verse 13 when he's dealing with this whole issue of Bathsheba and Uriah. He says, I have sinned against the Lord. Let me slow that down. That's, I mean, I know I, I'm, at, so I'm moving too fast. I just want to slow it down one more time. He says, I have sinned. Uh, I still think I'm going too fast. I'm going to slow it down. Just one more time. He says, I have sinned. He didn't say the devil made me do it. He didn't say Bathsheba made me do it. He didn't say I was drunken and the wine made me do it. He didn't say the weed made me do it. He said, I You want another pathway back to reconciliation? 
reconciliation is to stop blaming the stuff that you did while you had myopia and you had tunnel vision on other people. Get yourself to the place after you've seen all this carnage and damage that you have left because you wanted what you wanted. Get yourself to the place where you say, I really do think that gets heaven's attention. See, y'all y'all sitting there waiting on me to preach, but you missed the good news. <laughs> you missed the good news. The good news is you was far off the path, far from the shore. You were staying within. You were sinking to rise no more. But when you said, I have sinned, heaven start listening. And let me just tell you something. If you missed the shot already, it's a good thing when heaven starts listening. What he did was between him, Bathsheba, and Uriah. The devil didn't make him do it. Bathsheba didn't make him do it. David and his own desires made him do it. And he admitted that it was him. And that's when reconciliation starts. Y'all not going to talk back to me. See, reconciliation can't start as long as you keep on pointing the finger and blaming everybody else for your life and every mistake that happened in your life. Take accountability for what you did. The part you played. Your tunnel vision. And reconciliation can... Y'all miss y'all self. Because reconciliation, you're on your way now. You're on your way to restoring and building up and putting back together all the broken pieces in your life. As soon as you say, Lord, I did it. That's the start. Lord, I did it. That's great, everyone. Thank you, Lord, because I finally got to the place where I recognize, Lord, as long as I say I broke it, you will it too. It's the path back yeah. to holiness. Yeah. And that's why the church doesn't have any power. Because the church has forgotten that the church was called to be holy. Yeah. And, and see, we keep on trying to usurp power and trying to get heaven to do things for us. Then we don't want to be holy. Yeah. But God is a holy God. God is not going to participate in this mess and foolishness and continue to try to bless our disobedience. Come on, help me somebody. If you want God to empower you and bless you, you need to stop being so doggone hard-headed and stop being so disobedient because the God we serve is holy. So when we go to God and we want to present holiness to God, what we want to say is God is God. I don't really want to change. I just want you to do for me so I can continue acting a doggone, can I say, fool. So we keep on trying to petition heaven. We keep on calling on God. And we have no plans to change. And that's why I say his mercy. Hey, you do it every day. 
because some of us really didn't deserve to wake up this morning because God already knows that you know what? I'm going to wake you up anyway for the chance that you might actually change. But I know you're going to do the same craziness today that you did on yesterday. But I'm praying for you. I'm hoping for you. I'm desiring for you that you will come out of your reprobate foolish mind. Help me, Holy Ghost. Righteousness is what God requires. Listen, let me give you some gateways, and I'm, 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 I'm in this thing. I got about six more minutes. See, you, in order for God to really do what God's going to do in your life, you got to first confess. And that's what David did. David confessed. When David said, Lord, I did it. He confessed. You can't get to repentance without passing by confession. Is that witness here? Because if you don't confess and realize and admit that you did anything wrong, guess what? There's nothing to repent over. But when you come to your, rep your, your conscious mind and you come to your reprobate mind and you say, I did it, yeah. then guess what? Now you can begin to think about turning. Yeah. And that's what repentance means. Repentance means to turn. God is willing and open and ready to forgive those who repent. And what that means is that first you've got to confess. And then you got to say, Lord... I'm sorry. And not only do you confess and say, Lord, I'm sorry, but he says, Lord, I didn't see it before, but I see myself now. That's what repentance is. Lord, I didn't see it before. I didn't think I was doing anything wrong before. I didn't think I was hurting anybody before. But now I see myself. I see you the way you saw me. Is there a witness here? See myself the way you saw me. And I don't like what I see. So I'm going to turn for a minute. Amen. I'm going to turn. And re repentance is the gateway to forgiveness. Is there a witness here? Repentance is the gateway to forgiveness. Confession is the gateway to repentance. Repentance is the gateway to forgiveness. In other words, son, I hear you. Uh -huh. Now I see that you see the error of your ways. Now I want to tell you something, son. Consequences is a reality. You have to suffer whatever consequences that you left in the cornage of your tunnel vision. But that's all right. Now I can make all things new. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He gets to the point now. Confession is the gateway to repentance. Repentance is the gateway to forgiveness. All of this equals reconciliation. And here's what David is beginning to start teach us. He says, watch this. In Psalm 51, he says, have mercy on me. Yes. Mm, according. <laughs> then he reminds God of who God is. Not that God needs a reminder, but he's giving God back God's word. And you can't give back God's word if you don't know God's word. And he says, according to your unfailing love. 
Is there a witness here? He said, wash away my sins. Watch this. And created me, the King James says, created me a clean heart. Oh, is there a witness here? Then he says this, renew in me the right spirit. And then watch this. He said, please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. I see, actually, I love that. I, I, I really love that. That I mean, I, I do want to be restored, I do want to be renewed, but I really love the fact that he says, Don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Now, I'm not hearing what I'm saying. I'm saying to you, he says, Don't take your Holy Spirit away from me because I know as long as you got me, then listen, I'm all right. As long as you hold on to me, I'm all right. As long as you just keep me in your bosom, I'm all right because I know you can make all things new. And the baby got blue in the face. 
and my wife was calling 911. And we tapping the baby, trying to get this baby to breathe. Because if this baby don't breathe, this baby's going to die in my arms. And all of a sudden, the air comes out. And then I realized, had not been for God on my side. Is that witness here? My mama was in a car accident. We was on our way to school. We was going down Brookside and got hit by a speeding car. And then something happened and it ruptured her spine. And she was uh, sort of paraplegic for many, many years. But thanks be to God, I realize had not been. What's your story? What's your story? What did he do for you? How did he bring you through? How did he lift you up? How did he bring you out? How did he get you over? He makes things new. Amen. Amen. I'm so happy to have a reconciliation, y'all. 